Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Back at this motherfucker again. Um, doing some shit here. Now, look, I mean... It's windy as a motherfucker outside. It's, I mean, it's crazy. I didn't even know it was supposed to do this, this type of shit. We were uh, on the road before, and all of a sudden, the winds just started fucking whipping. I stopped at Walmart, came out, and the motherfucking rain was just, like, sweeping across the, the parking lot. Some shit hit the roof before. I have no idea if I'm going to have power throughout this whole podcast. So, uh, I guess we'll play it by ear and see how this shit go. But, uh yeah, so I wanted to do this shit and, you know, get get my mind off a lot of just, like, the personal shit that's been going on and, uh, you know, the struggles and all that. And just get at some of this bullshit that I've seen come across and be like, yeah, like, I have some things to say about this or that. So 
you know, let's let's get into some shit. Um, Dave Chappelle. Um, this this is you know this is just more of that bullshit. To me, it's you know they have now filtered out and decided what exactly can be said, and and the context is going to be taken in based on your agenda. And then you just push that forward and, and everybody's got to get out of the way. Everybody's got to just retire and, and just go away. The whole cancel thing. Like, I understand canceling a motherfucker if they actually did something wrong. But when you're talking about somebody just speaking their mind and opinion, and and on top of that, it's it's a comedian. So the things he's saying aren't even supposed to be taken seriously. Now, like, you know... The thing with with Chappelle and the way that he comes across a lot of times is because, like, some people when they tell a story, you know, they go into it in a comedic um, manner. I really love Chappelle's stand-up, but I wouldn't say, like, he's my favorite guy. The favorites that I go to would be, for me, would be, like, uh, um, you know, Eddie Murphy, uh, Bill Burr, uh, you know, even like uh, Kevin Hart, you know, is a guy that I find tremendously funny. But the reason and the reason I bring him into it, too, is because if you look at those three guys that I mentioned, if they're telling you a story, even if it has a serious manner to it, their um, their vocalization of that, their expression of, of their story comes off in a comedic manner because they'll take these little side avenues or dice they'll take these little side avenues to keep their character moving and keep you laughing at the way that they're telling you their story. That to me is, is a lot more of the comedic, you know, genius of of those guys. Um, Chappelle, while again, I'm taking nothing away from him by saying this, this is just, you know, my feeling as far as, you know, him versus other comedians, some people, because he did some dynamite specials. These these specials he's been doing on Netflix, whatever run a six or seven, I don't I don't know what number he's up to now, but every one of them has been great. But um, but the difference to me between like a Dave Chappelle and those guys is I think he comes off more just like he's just telling you, like he's he's um preaching to you, you know his his feelings on this or that, you know um. Less so than doing a comedic version of the story. At the end, it'll have a punchline. It'll have a um, something that ties together into a joke. But sometimes, because sometimes, like he's really just driving his point home, you know. And uh, and I think that's why it lands differently. But again, it doesn't even matter because this cancel culture stuff is grabbing everything, regardless of the intention, regardless of how blatant the intention is. It's it can be a completely harmless intention and it'll still take the same turn as if it was so blatant and bigot, bigoted and aggressive. And it's just it's gotten to that point. So on one end, I could say, well, you know, Dave comes off in a way different, you know, serious manner where sometimes he is just trying to tell you something like the um, if you watch the little thing he did, am I canceled yet or, or something like that? And I think it's like nine minutes or some shit. And he just like goes into his um, reaction to them saying he's canceled based off the thing he said on the last Netflix special. Um, 
and you know, I mean that that wasn't made to be really be comedic at all. Because I mean, if you if you watch that, that he's just kind of explaining his feelings on it, and he breaks it down in a very you know wise manner. That's the thing. Like he has he has a way with words, and he knows how to craft shit together. So, um, but overall, I I just. I don't agree with this cancel shit when it comes to this type of thing. Um, I think, you know, a lot of what he's saying, even comedically, to me, I, I feel a lot of the similar way where, hey, you could do whatever you want to do with your sexuality. You know, however you are as a person, be you. I ain't telling you to be anything different than that. You know, um, but things have now gotten to the point where they're redefined to such an extent where even your normal reaction to what you're into is now offensive. You know what I mean? Cause in, in that same, you know, breath that I'll tell you that like, I don't care what you do with your life, who you're with, what you're interested in, that's your business. But like, I'll tell you what I'm not into. And now it's gotten more to the point where you saying I'm not into that could be just as offensive because you're saying, well, what's wrong with that? And again, it's not, it's not saying that you shouldn't do that or you're wrong for doing that. It's just saying that's not my thing. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I don't think that's hatred to me because I don't feel hatred. You know, I, I don't feel that that person's any less than this or that. It's just what you're into doesn't make a lot of sense to me because it's not what I'm into, you know? Uh, again, I, I don't know Alice to explain that, but people take that in that weird tone. And it's like, you know, uh, the comments that he was making, I guess, rub people the wrong way. But, you know, he, he was saying shit about like. Uh, yeah, this wind is fucking crazy out there. I don't like this extreme weather shit, man, especially since fucking Sandy. And we're like, I think it's supposed to be like the nine year anniversary of that motherfucker, like any minute. And uh, that shit is really whipping out there. You'd be hearing shit fall. And I got like pause for a second to see if it uh, like opened a hole in my fucking house. But uh, yeah, like, but Chappelle was talking about how like, uh, you know, if you got like surgery and got a pussy put on yourself that you weren't born with, like, that's, the, you know, that, that's great. Like you could use it, you could do what you want with it, you know, that's, that's your business, but, like, you can't have babies with it, so, like, you're not really gonna, like, menstruate, so it's, like, it's, like, fake pussy, it's, it's impossible pussy, and obviously, Dave Chappelle delivered that a whole lot better than I just did, because he's a multi-millionaire for what he does <laughs> with his comedy, and I'm just trying to, you know, paraphrase what he was saying, and that, like, you know, I, I don't see that to be hateful. That's just like his his stance on it, because like he that that specific person, like he's not into to being with that person. That's just not really his gig. Again, nothing wrong with having that or being that. That's that's you. But I think it's it's now blurred the lines now where you can't even say what you're into if it doesn't apply to everything. And that's, that's where I think the shit gets dangerous. Then it's not so much about just somebody's freedoms. It's about other people having to walk a certain way in order for you to feel comfortable. 
And I, I don't really think that's fair because that doesn't really apply to all facets of life. You know, I, I've lived a, a pretty rough go thus far. You know, I've had my positives and I continue to try to make those positives. But I, I've, uh, I've been, you know, the outcast my whole life. So I haven't seen any groups or any movements, even though there's anti-bullying movements, there's this, there's that. I, I haven't seen any groups that really help lift up that type of person. You know what I mean? Where, like, there's a movement to make sure that, like, life doesn't suck for just this average person. You know, so when it becomes like being part of this group or that group makes you entitled to things that just your average person isn't, I don't, I don't think that's right. The same way that I wouldn't feel if it's right, if that group of people, whether it be race, sexual orientation, if they couldn't have what us other people could have, you know, I wouldn't feel like anybody being singled out, whether it be you know, just the average person or this person who, who is, you know, the minority or hated on by, you know, this, we should all be coming together. Us sane people, us good people should just be coming together for the common cause of each other's well-being, you know, and that, that applies to so much shit with the fucking just understanding, acceptance, um, and then you can go all the way down to this mass shit, you know, it's, it's it should just be a common understanding of we we got to come together to beat some shit, you know, well, I'm trying to keep you safe. You're trying to keep me safe. I appreciate that. Cool. Like that's that's what that is. People don't have a problem with fucking yelling good morning at you. I am not looking for that. You know, I mean, I'm not it, you fucking go to walk to the door. You're halfway across the parking lot. And this asshole is holding the door for you. Now I got to fucking I got to pick up the pace so you're not standing there all day. No one asked you. I don't open the fucking door if you were there. Or you weren't. You know, what I mean, like. This is the stupid courtesy that we use in the public. But now when it comes to like someone just kind of, I don't know, fucking not spreading a disease that you can carry and it wouldn't even hurt you and somebody else might die off of it. Like, you know, if you had that virus and it could potentially kill someone's grandfather, you just too caught up with your own fucking rights and holding the door for someone who's fucking half a block away. To, to possibly inconvenience yourself. You see how stupid this shit is? Like, I, we have this thing, you know, with the, I'm, I don't know how many schools, I don't, you know, I, I just go to work. I can tell you what goes on in my kid's school. I don't know what goes on in other people's schools, but, you know, they have like the mask mandate. I think it's all for Jersey schools, but um, the mask mandate, and um, they've been like really appeasing these asshole parents for a long time now. So basically, these parents will just send their fucking kids no mask, no sign of a mask. They don't teach them how to spell the word mask. They're just like fucking just go to the thing. And uh, when they get to school every fucking day, they're like, no, I still don't have a mask. They're like, to tell your parents and, you know, and they're like, yeah, OK. And then the next day they show up and they're like, no mask. So after, you know, a couple months of school now, they're now... Um, sending out emails saying that we can no longer supply masks, you know, for you guys. So you really need to send your child to school with a mask and a backup mask in the bag. Like they're really not that difficult to obtain. Um, and you know, you should see the fucking comments, the people, the local people that are talking about this shit. And they're just like, a mandate's not a law, learn your rights. And it's like, dude, like it, 
why the fuck do you want to die on this hill? You're going to tantrum and fucking, well, I'm going to send my kid anyway. And then you'll have to deal with it. And it's like, no, you're going to have to come pick them up because it's their building. And, and it's not about mandate law. You want to mince words, but they, it's their fucking building. Your child is supposed to go there to fucking learn. And on top of that, you're setting a horrible fucking example for your kid because you're tantruming over not fucking wanting to do something and turning it into a way bigger fucking thing. The government's trying to control our minds. Like, do you think this is a good fucking example? Do you think you're, you're raising a great fucking uh, uh, future adult? You're, you're raising a kid that's going to turn out to be a valuable member of society when their childhood is being spent with you the role model tantruming about them wearing a fucking mask. It's just, yeah, like they're going to be dead set against it. Just like you be fucking proud, stupid. Your rights to get the fuck out of here. It's just so asinine that like they're that dead set against it. And it's like, yeah, like, so when they tell you at the beginning of the year, like, Hey, uh, they send your kid home with a fucking list. We need three binders. We need, uh, eight pencils, we need a, you know, a stapler, whatever the fuck you need, and then every year, we go run to the fucking Walmart, and we get the school supplies that the school's asking me to to bring, because they're mandating that we do that. I don't see a single fucking parent going, they better have extra motherfucking staplers, because I ain't buying shit. Like, no, they go to the fucking Walmart to get the thing. But this is the thing that they're tantruming over. Not because of their rights, not because I'm not going to be told what to do. And if you want it, you can get it for them. It's because this is their fucking orange asshole leader's fucking wishes that they're just going to keep carrying out. Just keep fighting fucking authority. Keep saying that Donald would have been different. And uh, uh, we're, we're, we've got what the fuck is it? Uh, let's go Brandon or some shit. Like, it, it, it's ridiculous. Like this shit is, is really showed a pathetic side of a lot of human beings. It really has. And like, I don't give a fuck about politics. I never have. I just try to power through my life. The shit that they put down around us, you know, some of it, we have some control over if we vote, you know, I think more locally than anything. Um, you know, stuff like Jersey is, is generally falls in the Democratic side of things, regardless. Like the past two presidency, like the, the past two elections have gone Democratic, even when Trump won, Jersey went Democratic. So, like, it, you know, I, it's kind of going to be that way anyway. So but what I'm saying is generally I, I didn't even pay attention to the shit. And it was like, I'm going to just have to deal with what I'm going to have. Sometimes your check goes up. Sometimes your check goes down. Insurance gets better, insurance gets worse. I work six days a week, so you know that's pretty much what I deal with. But outside of that, like, what am I going to stress myself out all the time, thinking the end of the world's coming because now this guy's in charge and he's doing this and doing that? And I tell you, like, this whole experience with Trump that really like shouted his fucking opinions at you and drew so much attention to himself, it made people like me look at the politics more and go, what the fuck is this guy up to? Because he, he just, he voiced his opinion. He had his speeches like, like a drunk at the bar. He would just flip out and call people out and say this and that, and then make these crazy statements about like a, a different country, like just throwing shade. 
fucking Twitter beefing with celebrities and shit. Like, just a fucking spaz of a president. So that's what brought my attention to shit so much more. And as soon as he was out of office, like, you know, I've heard some things about Biden this way or that way that people didn't like. But I, I don't again, I don't fixate on it because it's not it, it's not amplified the way it was with with this asshole in there. And like the thing is, is it's not just one person talking. It's we don't you know, I, I, I voted for Biden. And again, like I'm sure not everything's on the up and up and there's part of it that that's not going well. You know what I mean? I, again, I don't get into the specifics of shit like that. I, I work too much and I have a lot of my own personal shit to deal with. So I don't, I don't be watching the news and figuring out exactly what move is this and that and what, what would I have done differently and what would the other guy maybe have done and what the fuck. I don't, I don't have time for that shit. But I'll say, like, just as far as, like, the Biden, like, voting for Biden, because I, I just needed this guy out of there, this, this Trump. And um, we, we don't have fucking droves of fucking people that are, like, rallying about fucking Biden when he's still in office. I don't see a fucking Biden flag fucking anywhere. You know, you just don't, you don't get those type of fucking nuts that this other guy brought out of the woodwork. And these motherfuckers are just, like, electrified, dude. They're just... They're they're so fucking charged up is ridiculous, and to me they be they pose the bigger threat to our country than the guy himself. But he just ignited a bunch of fucking idiots. So that's that's what you know changed everything for me. But again, I think it just comes back to fucking the the human decency to to have some kind of cooperative effort, not being so furiously against this group or that group. Or this rule or that rule. And just kind of trying to fucking roll with life. At least attempting to. There's some things you can't overcome. There's some things that, you know, you, you need to change in order for us to move forward. But some of this shit is so insignificant that we just keep beating the fucking death. And I, I don't have time to run those fucking circles. You know, and it sucks when, you know... Back to the the initial point, you know, when comedy gets to the point where that is that is now filtered down to everything being wrong with it, well, then we we're not even allowed to laugh anymore because that might be wrong. What we laughed at now might be judged as insensitive to what the joke applied to, and that's that's scary. That's that's a human emotion that suddenly becomes shameful to have. So I'm not complying with none of that type of shit. You know, that's like, this, this is what I'm saying. Like, you know, a lot of the democratic side of things is, is where it seems like this cancel culture, this over the top cancel culture is coming from. I don't, I just don't agree with it. So it's, it's not like I'm, I'm some kind of democrat across the way. I just, I need to Trump the fuck out of there. That guy was just fucking dynamite. Like he was just just volatile and ready to just blow up at any fucking minute like short fused fucking dynamite like just just ready to destroy any fucking thing he touched and uh yeah I, I, that that was just my stance with that so it wasn't really like a you know democratic thing or anything like that there's i don't really have that those type of um loyalties to uh, politics
Um, IWA Deep South. I don't think I talked about this, but they did some shit with the finger uh, where they, they the, the kid that one of the guys that did the box cutter thing, the one guy's dead. The other guy now did something where he cut his finger off in a match. Like they had him lop like the tip of his finger off. The other guy lopped his finger off with a, a bolt cutters or some shit. This is like this, this Kevin Brannon guy, like this, that, that should really be combated by the people who give a fuck about actual deathmatch wrestling and doing it in a safe but looks very dangerous manner. Because, you know, I think that was supposed to be the basis of the whole shit is to look as dangerous as possible. Obviously, you know, have danger in it, but to keep these guys fairly safe. When it comes down to lopping body parts off in front of a very, very small crowd of like fucking 25, 30 people, you... This shit is crazy. This shit looks like a barbecue that got out of control. That's what it looks like. And, like, we're lopping the fingers off and shit. Like, I mean, you gotta know that looks fucking terrible on everybody. Everybody. And there, there should be some kind of movement to make sure that that guy doesn't keep fucking running shows. Because, I mean, he is gonna bring an end to what you're doing. If he continues to push the envelope where he's going, I mean... He doesn't get it. You know, this is the guy that when the box cutter spot happened, he ran around yelling, let's see CZW top that. Like, that's that's that dumb shit. Uh, it was a stabbing. It wasn't like a, an amazing, well-thought-out spot that the crowd went nuts for. It was a stabbing in front of fucking 20 people. I, you know... But yeah, that's that's that guy. Um, let's go versus battle. Versus battle with Kane and KRS. This shit was great. This shit had me hyped. I love versus battles. Um, sometimes I miss them and, and I just never get back to them. And, um, but this one I, I kind of caught, you know, coming up and, and now I tuned in on it right from the start and watched the whole shit. And it was fucking awesome. Um, I I like a lot of people. Um, Big Daddy Kane was a little bit before my time. Um, like a lot of people. But, you know, when you would go back and you would get those mixtapes and you would get those, um, you know, compilations and shit like that, you'd have so many of the classics Big Daddy Kane joints. And, um, you know, I, I heard these songs. And when he was rolling through these hits, cause I was thinking to myself too, um, being, a, you know, a little bit like, I guess, you know, naive or not naive, but, um, ignorant to it because like, once I started hearing him, I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yep. That's where that came from. And this was, you know, cause it was the root of so much. How many beats came on? If you, if you watch that, that versus battle, how many beats came up that big daddy Kane was rapping on that you knew it from something else that later happened. You know what I mean? So he originated so much and KRS, I always loved KRS. Um, you know, the, the earlier stuff, he, he had a certain point where he stopped really trying for that same level of entertainment and he went more preachy, you know, and that's when he wanted to try to, you know, speak his, his shit on what, you know, he was trying to do. 
and and I'm not really with that over the top, you know, uh, the black man is God uh, preachy shit because I don't know, it doesn't really line up with me very well, you know. I mean, to me, like when when you say shit like that, like specifically, like I consider that to be racism because if you flip the terms, it would be absolutely racist, right? So it's it's also racist there, but um, you know, it's KRS get on a little bit too much of that, and like. You know, not that he hadn't always had, like, a little bit of that in there, too, because, like, you know, I mean, when KRS popped off with that, you know, the black cop, I mean, you had fucking white kids in Jersey screaming black cop. They ain't have no fucking issue with black cops. They ain't had no fucking nothing to say about them. Motherfuckers had, <laughs> but that that fucking song had motherfuckers hyped because that shit was dope, you know? That, I mean... He really just fucking, he would get motherfuckers amped. And, uh, yeah, so I was, like, expecting to maybe not know as much of Big Daddy Kane shit going in. And having not heard from this dude in a while. Like, it's not like he's all over people's stuff or features or still trying to put albums out. And if he is, maybe they're just flying under the radar for me. But I hadn't heard from him in years. And um, I was a little worried, like, he's going to come out of you know, not doing anything, pop up with KRS, and KRS is going to kind of carry this shit. A Big Daddy Kane showed up at fucking 53 years old, and he was ready for fucking work. I didn't realize KRS is like, I think, three, four years older than him, too. He's like 57. Um, But yeah, it's wild, and he came to fucking work. That fucking dude ripped those tracks apart. And like when you see the lyrical content and and the the speed he had to spit at, I mean he didn't miss a fucking beat. He like KRS was like multiple times was like, man, I ain't gonna be out here rapping fast like that. That is crazy. Like he was like KRS got it hyped to begin with, you know, to like amp it up as if it was a battle. But when it got down to it, you knew that Big Daddy Kane was running that fucking show. KRS was pulling hits after hits and all of that shit out. But when it came down to it, Big Daddy Kane showed up to fucking work. And that shit was dope, man. That, that to me, you know, reminds me. And when you see the shit that he put down and where he came from with all this stuff and uh, how much it originated, you can't tell me. I mean, you can tell me and many people will tell me. But you can't tell me that... that um that Biggie Smalls is better than fucking Big Daddy Kane. I mean, you just can't. The, the thing about Biggie is he got so enormously popular. He hit at a point where rap became so mainstream. Um, you know, the bad boy Puff Daddy, that whole thing really popped in a very, you know, pop kind of way. You know, where it became on TV and, you know, fancy and, 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 you know, bright and colorful and the bling and all of that shit. And it, it got a lot of people's attention and that became like, you know, the center of shit. And I think the time that he hit is, is why he, he had the, the popularity that he did. Biggie is nasty. I mean, one of the fucking best ever for sure. His lyrical content was great. He he could tell stories. He could um his punchlines were good. He had a good way of delivering this shit, so it got you fucking into it. 
But to me, you're, you got to start looking at catalogs. You can't talk that goat shit and, and tell me that this guy's got three albums, you know, two albums. He had two living albums that like he actually put together. Everything else was pieced together after his death, you know, and, and yeah, like those verses were there and all that. And it's cool and they count, but you can't put it up against that shit like Big Daddy Kane put up. I, to me, you can't. And that doesn't, to me, that doesn't put Big Daddy Kane like in the top one, two, three at all. But that to me just should um, really point out how much different, I, you know, I feel about that, that those top spots than a lot of people. To me, I think Jay-Z is the only one that can get that top spot. His longevity is just too crazy. I, I think it's... It, I think it's asinine to pick anybody but Jay-Z. I see people going, oh, uh, J. Cole, what the fuck? Really? Like, that's the longevity that you're you're good with just that amount of longevity? And to me, his style does not apply to everybody. I don't like J. Cole's music at all. I'm not going to tell you he's not talented. Of course he's talented. But I don't like his music at all. Everybody got some kind of Jay-Z song that they fucking like. They might not like all his shit. They might not rock all his albums. There's not too many rap fans that you're going to say everything Jay-Z ever put out was garbage. You can go back to when he was rocking with Big L and a whole different kind of style and, and, and get a good amount of material there. You can get the, the earlier street. You know, what I mean, you can get all that early hove, and then you can get as he got more popular and you got, you know, the big big fucking commercial hits and then you still got street tracks all over that then you got the collabs with this and the collabs with that and the remixes of this i mean this dude crossed so much fucking ground with his career and he's still rolling and he still puts out bangers you know like his his albums may not be front to back fucking classics anymore but in the same token you'll find a couple tracks on there that you can fuck with you know and I think all those things put together is why, to me, it's just not disputable. Because y you just can't put together that fucking catalog. There's not that many people you can. That's gone from here to there and shit. Like, yo, like, yeah. Nas is one of the best rappers of all time based on what he put down. But you can't drag those fucking later albums anywhere near the fucking first few, you know? You get, a, you get a few nice albums in and you, you hit a strong drop-off. And from there, it's like, well, I kind of like that track. I kind of like, but how much is really in your regular rotation? You know, I, I don't think that much. I think you, you hit a couple albums where you don't really hear too much of that shit in your, in your um, playlist anymore. But Jay-Z shit, I can, I can definitely pull some shit from reasonable doubt i could pull some shit from the black album i should pull some shit from uh the the fucking whatever the magna carta i think that was one of the newer ones uh the blueprint the fucking i mean you go on and on and you know the, the joint with kanye the the uh, even like the the lincoln park remix fucking album he did like that shit's got a couple couple joints on it like you know we're it, it's it's just crazy to me. Like, I, I just think, and I remember when like Big L brought him on the radio and was like, yo, I got my man with me. You know, can he spit something? He's like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Like you could hear they're like hesitant, but like, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, your boy's not bad. Like this is this is the dude that later on became Jay Z. Um, I mean, you get you gotta give that shit to that dude, as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, Busta came up there, who again I, I've said longevity wise and impact on the game and the amount of um, adapting to the new styles and, and and paving his own way to continue to fit into every fucking era that that is that has gone by since he's he's come out like he's just been busted and been consistently you didn't really get busted like oh well he's not sticking with the times and this shit is corny now like this dude's you know he's still coming out with this crazy fucking shit you know he, he reinvents himself over and over and tweaks his style a little bit so that shit fits every fucking time he comes out and again, you're going to find bangers on all these fucking albums. Um, some people might disagree with that, but, you know, that's um, that's how I feel about Bus. He's, he's one of the top. He's got to be. Um, so he came out and said, find me a worthy opponent on Versus. And um, dropped the mic and shit. And, and, like, fans are so fucking simple. Because, like, I started seeing the comments. It was like, Wyclef, Wyclef, Wyclef. And I'm like, why the fuck they keep saying that? And then I saw that that day they were hanging out, Wyclef and uh, Busta, because it was like Wyclef's birthday and shit. So they were all hanging the fuck out. So like fans automatically just see fucking Wyclef and they're like, oh, it's a Busta and a Wyclef. What the fuck is Wyclef going to do with Busta Rhymes? What the fuck is he going to do with Busta Rhymes? I'm going to ask you one more fucking. What the fuck is Wyclef Jean going to do with Busta Rhymes? He's going to sing half of Fuji songs and do some of that reggae and, 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 and half singing. He's going to pull out his acoustic guitar for bust the fucking rhymes. You you must be fucking kidding me with that shit. Like, you, you got to chill the fuck out, you know? And the other one I keep fucking hearing is Missy. Bust the fucking rhymes. And Missy Elliott? Y'all got too hyped on Missy. If, if that's the case, y'all fucking crazy. If if you're putting Missy in, in Busta Rhymes category. And again, I liked a lot of Missy's shit. I liked a lot of her hits. And, you know, she got this shit off. But you're talking about Busta Rhymes. You, you got to be fucking kidding me with this shit. There's very few that you can put Busta Rhymes in there with. I think you could put Busta Rhymes in there. See, the thing is, is like some of these guys, they already did shit. So Busta Rhymes and Redman would be a fucking fantastic. Like that shit, you would watch that shit and, and you'd be jumping up and down and shit. If you're a real hip hop fan and they put all their hits out there on their shit, you'd be all over the fuck place watching that. But I, Meth and Red did one together. So, um, you know, you, you probably won't get that. I don't think they're going for, like, repeat guests just yet, at least. Because, you know, they try to pull out all the hits and, like, you know, kind of surprise you and this and that. But if you've already done hits all over uh, a versus, then it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I've actually not seen the Meth and Red one, which is crazy because, like, they're probably the two favorite guys that I've seen that of mine that, I, that have done one that I, I haven't actually seen. Um, I just missed it when it was live, and then um, 
never like found it or went back and found it. I, I just got to find it when I have free time. I keep forgetting when I do. But then every time I think about it, I'm like, God damn, I haven't seen that shit. I know I'm going to love it. Um, at, but like Jay-Z, obviously. Jay-Z Busta would be fucking awesome. Um, Jay-Z Scarface could be good. The, the mix of styles is going to be a little different. You know, that's not going to be quite as... It's not going to flow quite as great as like busted Jay-Z. I mean, that that would be that shit there. That would be hype. Um, uh, you know, shit like that. But uh, I yeah, I look forward to these things. I mean, they, they really, they pull out all stops and they had uh, DOS effects out there. You know, they, they were... They were bringing some shit. And Das Effects looked they and wanted to leave the fucking stage. Those motherfuckers wanted to stay on the stage and do their whole set. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, weed sales in New Jersey. You know, this this shit is funny to me because... So they, they legalize recreational in New Jersey. And um, because they did that, like, the dealers think, like, they can, like straight up open storefronts like a lot of these motherfuckers have like websites and fucking like full online ordering set up and shit like that and it's like yeah that's cool and all but like you you're not doing it legally like they'd never legalize selling and they made that shit very clear so the motherfuckers are really like getting busted for that shit now i think they're finally starting to crack down on it i'm not saying finally like like, I wanted them to get rid of these motherfuckers, but, like, I just think it's, like, ridiculously arrogant to fucking do this shit that blatantly when you know that part of it isn't legal at all. Just because, like, the actual possession of it is legal doesn't mean you dishing it out isn't going to land you the same charges it used to. Like, it's, it, it, you just don't, you can't do it like that. Um, and it's crazy because you see a lot of comments because I guess they busted a guy locally over here. And the dude had $400,000 in cash. He was calling himself, um, uh, what was it? Um, Bud Hub. It was like Pornhub, but like Bud Hub or some shit. And this dude was out there selling his shit locally here. And yeah, $400,000 in cash they took out of this fucking dude. Like, just everything about that shit is stupid. He was, I think he was in like an, um, a senior community he was like set up in, like whether it be his grandmother's house or whatever the fuck's house. And it's like, dude, like you couldn't bring more fucking attention to yourself than that. Like he'd, he'd have like booths at like local fucking, uh, uh, like, like, I don't know, like fairs or, you know, that type of like thing, like whatever they would have. And someone said something like he was at a booth that was uh, being sponsored or, or run by the sheriff's department like last year or some stupid shit. This is what I mean. Like these people are just being too open and fucking arrogant with it. And and you should see the comments defending him like it's legal. No judge in, in the world would ever convict him of anything. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, why are you so ignorant to the fact that like. They never legalized that portion of it. I understand there's nowhere to get it because they haven't really actually opened a recreational dispensary. So it's more or less like if you get caught with it, like, hey, man, like, I, you're, you have it legally. 
you more or less can't get caught buying it from someone illegally, you know? But if you just have it, you're good. And, like, it's it's got to be kind of on, a, like, a mystery system. Like, I don't know where I got it from, but it's legal, so I ain't got to tell you shit about it. it it's all good. You know, they're not even going to come at you like that. It, it's, it's just understood. Um, but if you have a fucking website and t-shirts and hats and shit and like an address, your house address on the motherfucking shirt, like shit like that, like you can't possibly think that you're, you're still working with the law and they'd be fucked up to bust you. Like at that point, I I feel like you're asking for them to to fuck with you and somehow you think you're going to win. It's just, it's just such a weird arrogance that I've never really, uh, never even considered before. Like I, you know, and the card, so I don't, I don't play with any of that other bullshit. But yeah, it's just wild. I've seen so much more of that recently. You know, people getting busted, and and uh, and it's like every time it's happening now. It's not just like you know, uh, Jim Miller from fucking two towns over got busted with four hundred grand. It's like the owner of BudHub.com. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like this motherfucker had the whole fucking shit set up. Like crazy um jimmy rave uh, lost his legs and uh he had previously lost his arm i think last year the year before whenever that was um the dude the dude's a heroin addict you know um at least from what i've heard i don't know the dude personally but from what i've heard uh he, he's on that shit and um that's why he keeps getting infections in his limbs because of shooting shit and you know, that, that shit gets terrible infections. He's getting MRSA infections and then they have to lop his fucking limbs off. Um, he, he posted something about, I guess it's time to come clean. And like, he didn't come clean. He just said like, Oh, I had MRSA infection and the doctors removed both of my legs. Like there's a little bit more to that story, Jimmy. It's not just like you fucking skinned your knee and the shit got out of control. Like, you know how the fucking infection got into your fucking limbs. Come on, man. Come clean. At this point, I don't even know what to fucking tell you because, like, I mean, you get yourself some help. You got one fucking arm left. That that life is terrible. You fucked your shit up. I'll be surprised if Jimmy doesn't, you know, take himself out because that... I, I don't even know how to live that way. You know, like that. I, I don't think I'd survive that way. I'm not encouraging him to do nothing like that. I mean, I, I wish him the best, but I mean, if you're still in denial after all that shit, losing three fucking limbs. I mean, this dude was begging fans for money on Facebook before he lost anything, you know, other than his fucking dignity. He was fucking begging fans for shit on Facebook every fucking Every month, he, people would be, he'd be in your inbox. I know he got Deathmatch Russell for some fucking money because he was on his fucking podcast and nobody of too much notoriety would show up on the Deathmatch Russell podcast, uh, which I think he's coming back soon. I, I saw some kind of ad, so I'm, uh, some kind of self posted ad or whatever, uh, Graphic, I should say, not a fucking ad, whatever. Um, so that should be interesting. I think he's, he's got Kevin Gill, who's just about as entertaining as fucking Deathmatch Russell. So we'll uh, hear that. But but yeah, like 
shit like that, like, it's just grimy. So he had gotten really accustomed to a lifestyle where he was just begging off of fans and, you know, preying on their sympathy and fandom. And it's just, it's sad to see people go down that road. I was never a Jimmy Ray fan, but, you know, you don't want to see people fucking destroy their life like that if they've never done anything to you. And, I, you know, I surely didn't. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's wild. And, you know, when the dude lost his fucking arm, too, he was, like, one of the trainers for CZW. So, I mean, there were people around him that could have maybe tried to help him instead of just trying to build off of their name. You know. But, uh, you know, that's its own thing. Um, speaking of CCW, uh, DJ Hyde did a three and a half hour interview on a fucking podcast and, uh, they called it a shoot interview, which I mean, you know, in a way everything's a fucking shoot interview now because, you know, if you get a guy on the podcast and they're, and they're the type of person to be open, they're going to just start telling you all the real deal. And, and it's, you know, a lot more open that way you know it's not it's not so kayfabe unless the shoot interview comes out now like everything is you know falls into the realm of that or what they're going to say and what they're not and you know you get what you get but uh he did three and a half hours on there um the thing is is like i'm not looking to fucking listen to three and a half hours of him talk anymore like ever um i accumulated sure but um just because every once in a while you want to hear, like, is he still that delusional? And then you start listening, and it just fascinates you because he's just as, if not more, delusional than he ever was. He makes no apologies for shit that he did with, with these chicks. He fucking just, like, he mentions it like, yeah, so, you know, they had a problem with me with the girls and stuff. So, you know, uh, someone else is running that now. and uh, And just, like, just kind of like moves on from it like yeah so it is what it is but uh so anyway and uh he's filming the whole fucking shoot shoot interview he's uh filming from like under his fucking chin like he's running through the woods and shit like it's fucking crazy like i i have a bunch of screenshots more from the end but the beginning, like, he literally, like, if you put the phone, like, right under your chin in selfie mode and, like, pointed it, like, towards the ceiling, that was the view he was filming his fucking self-talking to this kid. Like, I, I don't even know what the fuck goes through this guy's mind. Like, there's something really fucking wrong with this guy. And, um, you know, he said, like, he's, again, patting himself on the back like he always does. Yeah, well, you know, people thought I was crazy when I put on that NWA title match two years ago, but you see how NWA is doing now, don't you? And uh, it's like, dude, wait, what? So do you think that match was a classic now? Because no one gave a fuck then and they don't now, even with NWA doing whatever. They don't go like, remember the day CCW's Cage of Death was invaded by NWA? No one gives a fuck. So, uh, you know, I mean, he's the same guy. He's the same fucking guy. But what he's doing now to me is like even scummier because he's he's running the fucking company, but he's he's got this Shannon chick 
as like the spokesman, the the face, I guess you'd the <laughs> the face of the company. Um, and uh, it's ridiculous. She's always been completely delusional. To the best of my knowledge, she's been a rat who's just been on the Northeast fucking bouncing around from company to company, kissing people's ass and calling herself in the business. As far as I'm concerned, she's never accomplished a fucking thing. Her knowledge of wrestling has always been dog shit. And she's just real arrogant and aggressive about it. You know, like, um, she's said shit in the past, like, uh, Corvus fear is peerless. Like, like there's no one as good as him. Like there's, there's like, there's everybody else, and then there's Corvus Fear. And it's like, if you want to just tell me that you fuck Corvus Fear without telling me you fuck Corvus Fear, I guess that's the best way to do it. Um, you know, I know some people like him. To me, he's always average at best. He was a guy that, yeah, sure, had potential. But corny-ass gimmicks, you know, Batman symbols on his fucking gear. Like, you're not Batman, bro. Like, go back in the locker room, put some shit on unique to you, come back out here and fucking wrestle. Like, it's it's gonna be okay without a superhero's gimmick. You can just do the thing, and hopefully we will get behind you if you're doing some good shit. But, no, he just, he, he just kept, like, fucking spit-firing a bunch of silly-ass ideas. He he did that, and then he did, like, a steampunk thing, because that was popular at the time. And then um, then he, he was in, I think he was in the Sozio group, so he was Italian. Then after the steampunk, after the Batman. And, and it's just, like, he just bounced all over the place and never really, like, got himself into great fucking shape. Um, he was always in that kind of doughy, average fucking shape. And he, he could wrestle. He had some really good matches in, in um, Jersey All-Pro. But I think his talent level capped off there and only kind of like declined after that um i wouldn't consider him peerless by any stretch of the imagination there's only fucking i don't know 300 people i'd rather watch wrestle than corvus fear so again like when that's your stance on things and that like that's the opinion that that you shout at people i don't give a fuck how you feel about anything and i think overall like for you to be the face of something is silly as hell um, she, uh, she's like responding to everybody's shit. Like, oh, thank you. We love you family. And it's like, bro, this is like CZW. I, I always wonder like, can this get more embarrassing than what it is? And DJ just says, you know, hold my fucking extra large chocolate milkshake I'm going to fucking, <laughs> I'm going to show you how stupid we can get. And that, like, this is what he's doing. He's got mostly students there. Um, he's pandering to every fucking possible group he can. So, like, he brought in as much young black talent as he can to show that, like, you know, he, he he's, he's helping people out. He's uh, providing opportunities where maybe they weren't getting opportunities elsewhere, which again, like, look, if this shit was genuine and if these kids would actually get a, a look from it, if this would get them the exposure that they deserve, if they are hard, hardworking kids, because I don't know shit about these guys that he brought in. They could be the next coming. They could be, you know, something that we're all going to talk about in the future. 
But the problem is right now is DJ is a fucking uh, 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 toxic personality. He's, he's, a, he's a person who's already been canceled, so to speak. He's already been put on the shelf as you're a problem and you make motherfuckers uncomfortable and you shouldn't be running a wrestling company. So when that's the guy whose platform you're using that could actually hurt your career instead of help your career. Cause now you're attached to this guy who's already proven himself to not be fucking valuable within the wrestling business because he brings negative shit to the table, like trying to book hotel rooms with him and female students and being weird with the fucking girls at WSU. And you know, this is all like shit that he's up to. So now you being associated with him doesn't better your career because of the name CZW because he's worked so hard to make the words, the, 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 the letter CZW mean dick. He's brought them down to shindy level and, and to the point where Brett started just delivering the things that the fans were screaming for for years. It didn't make Brett a fucking genius. It made him just an opportunistic fucking weasel that like all he had to do is have a platform to put the same shit that people were asking for for years on. And he did, you know, uh, together with Danny DeMano. And now, you know, they're split, but Danny's trying to do his version of that. And Brett's doing his version of that. But GCW already got wheels beneath it. It already got fucking legs. It already got, you know, tremendous amount of support behind it. But the, you know, the fans and the, the gauge movement and all of that shit, so that shit is off and running and packing houses. But that was like what CZW was doing and, and, and was capable of doing. Like CZW could have took their show on the road and did what, what Brett's doing. But when CZW was at their best, they were content with being right where the fuck they were. Zandig wasn't taking them on tour. Like, out, you know, they would take them outside of the country and they'd go Delaware to do the more hardcore shit and then they would do like uh, other places in Pennsylvania or Jersey, but it really didn't stretch from there. You know, they very occasionally they would do some old, you know, uh, somewhere else show or whatever. But, you know, as far as like taking it to California and now like, you know, Brett's building like a side company in California and shit. Like he has a new side hustle over there. Which is, you know, even better. Like, look, look, I'm, look how well he's he's doing. But again, this is all the ball the DJ dropped. All he picked up every fucking thing he dropped and ran with it. DJ has no one to blame but himself. But somehow, this dude is still claiming victory. This dude is still acting like CCW is the shit, and we just got to pick up a little steam and pick up. He doesn't understand. That he can't run best of the best again. He can run it. He can name a show that, but it'll never have the talent of a best of the best again because no one of of known recognition uh, of name recognition is gonna fucking come and work for him. And if they do, they're gonna catch a lot of heat wherever they go until the, it's just not worth it for them to go back and work for him again. They he had uh, Fred Yehi and um, Lucky. Lucky's a personal trainer and lives right in the area, so it's. I don't think it's like a big fucking deal for him to show up to that anyway. And you know he's worked for DJ for a long time, so he's kind of used to his bullshit. And like, if no one else books Lucky, I don't think he cares. You know, so I don't. I don't think there's a lot of loss there. The rep worked it, but the rep, you know, 
I mean, they're head trainers. So why wouldn't they fucking work? It doesn't, you know, it doesn't hurt them one way or another. They're already in with DJ and they're already to me holding their careers back because DJ's a fucking bad person to attach yourself to. And CZW as it was, the brand as it was, will never be that again. He's ruined it all the way down to the fucking logo he turned into dog shit. I mean, come on. You know? And some of these fucking promos that I'm seeing and shit that, that, that the guys are cutting. You gotta be fucking kidding me. I, I've said for a long time, like, I don't understand how no one watches this and goes like, hey, watch this to see what you think. And then when they watch it, they go, looks good. How the fuck does the guy who's standing on his porch drinking vodka, well, actually, he's not even drinking it. He's just pouring it into another container. And he's talking about how, like, no one's seen wrestling before on the Northeast until now. What the fuck are you talking about? Half of the motherfuckers on TV came out of Northeast, Northeast Wrestling. Half of them fucking made their fucking name in Northeast Wrestling. What in the fuck are you talking about? And CZW's never seen this and da 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 da. Like, he's cutting a promo, more or less saying that shit, like, that these idiot fans, these new fans think that DJ created wrestling and before that it was all death matches. Like, he's half speaking his promo like that. Like, while he just pours vodka into another fucking container and talk about how, like, well, he wrestles different and he's gonna. And it, it, it was such complete garbage. And that's, that's your future. That's what, that's what DJ's vision is, is booking these motherfuckers. They can't cut promos and then giving them promo time. Well, that was always his gimmick too. Can't cut promos. Better get on that mic as much as possible. It's fucking crazy. Maybe he had a theory that he would get better if he kept doing it, but it never worked because it's still fucking bad. But yeah, so you got pandering to this, pandering to that. Um, I think. Um, I had heard that one of the refs might be like trans, so like he, I think he's he's dabbling with that too to make sure that he's he's included. Again, DJ is a scumbag. There's no like great intentions, or he's really trying to help anybody. He he's just trying to make people not look at the fact that he's a scumbag, and go like, all right, look what he's got this talent on there. Well, that's great. They're getting an opportunity. Oh no, what does he do on top of that? Oh, this is actually a charity show for a breast cancer charity. Okay, cool. Because that CCW always really did that. And I know they've done the Maven Bentley, the MBAs, and the you know charity shows occasionally. And the Chris Cash shows that would you know raise money for the, the family, at least on the early going of it. Um, and I know all of that shit. But this now is like that shindy shit. That's that shindy shit where like, I'm raising money for this. So I'm raising money for that. So now like the big picture that they see is the cause, not the sleazy promoter standing behind it, giving some to the cause and running away with the bag, you know, and it, it just, it just reeks of shindy bullshit and just really, really heavily pandering. Because again, if you were legitimately, you know, the company that was trying to support everybody and and help everybody and um give people platforms that they couldn't get otherwise because that's what you were about you wouldn't have been doing all that dirty shit before and you wouldn't be soon so fuck it. you wouldn't be so non-remorseful and uh 
unapologetic about the whole fucking thing. You just like blow it off. Like, yeah, yeah, some people say some shit about what I do. Well, you know. So anyway, uh, we got these new talent coming in and uh, what the fuck? Yeah, it's it's only a matter of time with that fucking Fed, and uh, it it'll be it'll be over before you know it. Um, um, oh, Scott Summers, I want to bring this up because uh, I you know I respect this dude. This dude, um, he's been sober now for a while. Um, you know, it's been a hard road for him. He lost his mother, and his mother meant everything to him. You know, he would post all the time about she was sick for a while. But he looked up to her so much and he would really just constantly post pictures and memories and this and this and wish he was still with us. And when she passed, I mean, that, that really hit him hard. But, you know, he helped he, he allowed that to help him drive himself in his sobriety and motivation to continue to stay straight and narrow. That and his daughter, you know, really paved the way for him to just be this new person that he was creating, this better person. And I respect that. Not only do I respect that because I know how hard it is firsthand, um, but, you know, when it comes to this sobriety thing, like, you, there's there's a certain kind of, like, a, a perceived weakness. Because it's cool to be out drinking and out doing this and out doing that. And when you have the group and it's, you know, you get into those fucking, even, like, you know, if you have your drinking buddies, it's like, what are you, a pussy? Drink another one. You know, imagine you drop it all together. And they were already saying, what are you, a pussy? Because you're drinking one less shot than them. So imagine wrapping your head around, I have a problem and I got to get out of this. But, man, my, my boy's been calling me a pussy on, like, my tolerance level for years. Even though, like, my life's spiraling out of control. I got this fucking problem over here and I, I, I don't know how to fucking tell my friends that because they're, they're going to fucking never let me live this shit down. And even if that's not the truth, because like when you, you know, decided to make that decision, they would drop the pussy stuff and they would support you. You still have that in the back of your mind. That's just another hurdle for you to cross if you're going to drop that, that lifestyle and, and try to, you know, get sober and dedicate yourself to it. But the more people that you can look at in that scenario and go, that's a bad motherfucker right there. And he got sober, you know, and, you know, look, some people might disagree. I don't give a fuck what you feel about me, but I consider myself to be one of those people. I, I, I think I've I've done pretty well in that avenue. But you would look at like Scott Summers, too, and you would look at that's a pretty bad motherfucker. You know that that look at this fucking beast of a fucking dude. Did this dude. Got himself fucking sober. He's more clear-headed now. Still a bad motherfucker. It took nothing away from him sobering up. If anything, he's more clear-headed now. You got to worry about him hearing every fucking word you said and not forgetting this shit. You know, when you when you look at that, that's inspiring to me. You know, that's inspiring to a lot of people because you see, like, you know, he he hasn't been sober as long as me, but every fucking week every month every year that he logs gives inspiration to another motherfucker who just wants to see somebody like them that gives this shit up and still maintains that badass that that, that toughness that respect amongst his peers and the people who he deals with you know so to me scott summers is is one of those guys that 
you know, beyond wrestling or anything like that, I've seen maybe 10 Scott Summers matches tops. But when I actually talk to this fucking guy, I get a vibe that, like, he he understands what the fuck I've been through. I understand what he's been through. And I just have a mutual respect with this dude. We've been better friends online than I've ever been as far as a fan. Because, again, like I said, I've I probably seen 10 Scott Summers matches. I never seeked out all the things that he did in Texas. But I saw what he did in CCW. I saw what he did in GCW. So he did, you know, like that type of thing. But, um, so he, he, um, he has a GoFundMe up and this is and why I said everything I said before is cause you know, I don't just promote this shit. I'm not, a, I'm not about these fucking GoFundMe's for most of these motherfuckers. I ain't giving Jimmy Rave a motherfucking thing, but Scott Summers, his mother's dying wishes were for her ashes to be scattered over, uh, the, I believe the Colorado Rockies and, um, He's trying to make that trip out there and he's trying to, you know, fulfill his mother's wishes. That shit ain't cheap, you know, and because uh, he doesn't live local to there. He lives in Texas. So uh, he's going out there with his partner and, uh, you know, going to fulfill his mother's dying wishes. And I think that's awesome. So, you know, I, I support that cause. And uh, if you'd like to, too, like I said, you can look up Scott Summers. If you don't have him, um, Russell Hemby on my page, you, you could, you know, look up on my friends. He's up on there. Um, if you don't have him on your page, uh, like I said, good dude. He's overcome some really tough shit. And uh, his mother meant the world to him. So I know that this would mean the world to him as well. And to give him some really much needed closure, knowing that he... Uh, He's, he's making his mother proud. So um, much respect to that dude. And like I said, if, if you wanted to help the dude out or even go find it on there and just share it, you know, it, it may be someone else that you're on your page. will see that you shared that and they'll go help him out. You know, he's raised a decent little amount of money there. And I think um, he's going to be on his way to fulfilling those wishes. So I'm happy about that. And I definitely just want to mention it on the show because it's something that I feel is uh, a lot more genuine than, than some of these fucking leeches that put themselves out there and prey on fans fucking sympathy. And, you know, I just don't see that as one of the situations. So I had to talk about it. Um, Tom Brady's fucking football, man. Yo, I don't know if you've seen this shit, but let me let me pull this motherfucker up. I, uh, so Tom Brady, fucking beast that he is, uh, threw his 600th fucking touchdown. Six fucking hundred. No one's ever done that shit before. No one's ever really going to do that shit again. Tom Brady's a freak. And, uh, so 600th touchdown. But what fucking happened is, uh, the 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 guy who caught the ball I'm scrolling through to find the actual post so that's why I'm talking like that but um the guy who caught the fucking ball gave it to a fan in the crowd so obviously um that's a motherfucker because that's uh Tom Brady's 600 ball and um so they had to get the ball back. So they, they offered him a ton of shit. 
which realistically, I mean, you got to understand this because a lot of people were saying the stupid shit like, you should have held out for more. You should have, you fucking nuts. It's really worth this or that. You know, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? Do you really think for one fucking second that that fucking stadium couldn't have just snatched that ball from him and said, hey, look, uh, I know the guy handed it to you, but um, that's not uh, league policy says that that's our property. And we're not, you know, this is a historic ball. This was the 600th ball. You're not entitled to this because he had no right to hand it to you. This is our property. Yeah, I mean, you know that they have enough technicalities as a a multi-billion dollar company to to fucking protect their assets and stuff. And and they could have just took that away from him and said, sorry, bud. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they definitely could. But instead of that, this guy got two signed Tom Brady jerseys and a helmet, a signed Mike Evans jersey, and game cleats. That's the motherfucker that gave him the ball. They told this motherfucker, yo, take them fucking shoes off, give it to that goddamn fan, man. And yo, <laughs> like, signed Mike Evans jersey and game cleats. They told him straight up right there, you better take them goddamn shoes off and hand them to this guy so he gives the ball back. Like, they took this guy's shoes to make up for it. Um, $1,000 in bucks, team store credit, dual season tickets for the remainder of this season and the next. That is a big fucking ticket right there. And then Tom Brady himself up the fucking ante and gave this dude a fucking Bitcoin. Shit's worth $63,000. This dude just attended the motherfucking game. So understand it like, Y'all talk that shit because you, you think like, oh, I would have done this. Or I would have got this much more this and that. This dude attended a game and I'm sure paid a lot for the fucking tickets because he was right there up on the, uh, you know, the barricade over there at the back of the end zone. And he fucking left that game with sixty three fucking thousand dollars. With a fucking signed Tom Brady jerseys and helmets and go look up how much a fucking signed Tom Brady helmet costs. It's not fucking cheap. Um, Mike Evans one, you might be able to get a little cheaper, but you know, I mean, he, he's a good wide receiver, but, uh, and in the season tickets, you fucking crazy. Cause like you sell that shit for a lot of money. If you don't want to go to those games, you can sell individual games off and make a shitload of fucking money. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a fucking crazy deal. That, that dude made out. That's like hitting the fucking lottery. Nobody else in that stadium left with fucking five dollars from that organization. This fucking guy left with sixty-three grand and a whole lot of other shit, you know, for someone making a mistake and handing him the ball. So that's uh, fucking good on him, right? Um, and, and you know, let's go back real quick to that that shit I was talking about with this movement and with these uh, these these people being offended at comedy. Do you understand that? A new Halloween movie, and I don't like Halloween movies. I don't, I don't really like horror movies or any of that shit. But um, Michael Myers killed a gay couple, right? Um, so there, some people are saying that Michael Myers, the serial killer, is now homophobic because he killed a gay couple in the movie. I seen an article on it at least. That's all I know. I don't know if there's actual outrage, but the article I saw and that shit just irritated me because you got to be fucking kidding me. This, this is this is where we're at. 
we're not talking about actual hatred. We're not talking about actual thing. I mean, we're talking about like you're portraying gay par- characters in a movie, whether they're legitimately gay or not. I don't know. Didn't see the movie. Don't give a fuck about it. Um, but so, you know, on one hand, you could say, well, this 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 group is represented in this this in this film. Well, and and if if it's a movie about this this serial killing monster that just kills everybody well clearly like you're more likely to be killed in a movie involving this guy it isn't like unless after all these fucking halloween movies they're gonna have a gay couple like kill michael myers like you gotta understand that sounds silly as shit um that'll be the end this one too like flamboyant fellas just fucking have had enough of this guy (laughs) you know i I just i don't know like so i mean these guys get killed in the movie like everybody else got killed in the fucking movie i I think he killed a whole shitload of people as usual and um we're really talking about shit like this like it's this is where like you know you, you stop it's like the boy who cried wolf like you're you're crying about nothing so much. By the time something actually happens, people aren't listening to you anymore. So you're hurting the actual cause for equality. You're hurting the actual cause for protecting people's real, actual fucking lives. Like you're you're not really protecting people. You're creating a lot of false outrage, and it's it's numbing people to the real shit that's going on. Because you just hear it as like another thing, another thing, another thing, another thing. Well, most of those things weren't fucking things. And there's real things that we should be addressing. But when it gets lost in the shuffle of bullshit, that's when I think we're hurting our own fucking causes to try to make things better. That's that's just how I feel about that. Um, Let me see what else do I got. Um, Oh, GCW is on... uh, New Year's Eve and day in AC. Like a New Year's Eve and day weekend in AC. And that shit sounds dangerous as fuck to me. I don't know that motherfuckers make it through that. Some of those fans might be checking out that weekend. Not just the hotel, but, you know what I mean? On some permanent shit. Um, I think couples, and I... You know, I I don't really care what um, mixture the couples are, like sex or anything else. But couples that hold hands in stores, I just, I, I don't have any use for those people. Those, it looks pathetic it, on both levels. Because it just kind of looks like, like you can't, you're not secure enough to walk through a motherfucking store without doing this fucking hands across America bullshit where like people got to walk 10 feet around the two of you assholes just to get where the fuck they're going to get toothpaste or something because you have to be that connected to each other in the fucking store because what what is someone going to steal the other one if you don't fucking hold on to them? Are, are they lost? Are they blind? What the fuck are you leading this other adult through the fucking store 
you know, you're not walking through a fucking crowd and a concert or something. You don't want to lose each other. You're like, you're, you're fucking walking through Walmart holding hands. This isn't a fucking date together. This isn't a fucking nice evening. This isn't something you should reflect on and be like, I'm so glad that we came here together tonight. Remember that time we went to aisle six? That was fucking fantastic. We, we looked into each other's eyes. I could feel in your hand that you were just the fuck out of here. Two of you go out back and climb in the fucking dumpster. You're fucking garbage. Fucking assholes. Get out of my fucking way. What's wrong with you? Go fix your fucking life somewhere before you walk in the fucking door chained together. Fucking bullshit. You look like you're about to run a fucking sack race. My money's on you assholes because you don't ever let go of each other. What kind of shit is that? I hope you break up immediately. Fucking assholes. It's simple shit like that. Sometimes it just gets on my fucking nerves. I don't know how to fucking function maybe that's my own fucking problem is <laughs> as an adult but um ring of honor uh i i don't know man the the way that they're posting it is that like uh they're taking a break and they're coming back in the spring they want to reorganize they want to refocus on things and kind of figure out a new angle to come back but motherfuckers are like putting out eulogies and shit like homicide wrote some shit about i had some great times in ring of honor and thank you and this and that a lot of the groups are saying we're not done you know like we're you know violence is forever or violence unlimited um they posted some shit about not being done and they'll be back and uh then uh who, what, what are they called? The, um, what's his name? Motherfucker. Not oh, damn Barry. The fucking, the far more entertaining one. Uh, fuck. I, I forget what the fucking guy's name is now. I don't know why I forgot the guy's name, but I did. Um, but yeah, him, he, uh, his fucking group, that, that's a dope ass group. It's like, yeah, I don't remember. You know who the fuck I'm talking about though. He was team tremendous with fucking Dan Barry. Um, yeah, he, he's awesome. And his, his gimmick over there, it, it looks sick. Like they have more or less like a Wyatt kind of deal, but it, I, it looks like it's being done a shitload better. And, um. Hold on, I, I gotta look this up because I feel like a fucking idiot not knowing this guy's name. And, and I think half the problem is because, like, he, on a... Uh, he's like, uh... Bill Carr. But he, he's, like, Dutch now, I think, in Ring of Honor or, or something. So, I, I, like, I lose his name when I'm looking for it because, like... Dutch is in there somewhere, but in the same token, like, I knew him as Bill Carr for so long, and, and I'm a fan, that's why, like, it fucking irritated me to not know that guy's name, but, yeah, I don't know, um, but, yeah, like, their, their stable looked fucking awesome, and, and he posted something about, you know, not being done and all that, but, yeah, I, this could very well be the fucking end, uh, the Briscoes, and that's, I guess, why the Briscoes had breached 
branched out and went to GCW. And now I think AEW signed pretty much everyone, you know, signed shitloads of the, that talent. Like all those guys, uh, the Deppins, the, uh, the Briscoes, the, um, fucking, uh, Rush, like, you know, all, all these fucking people. So should be pretty crazy, you know, another fucking wave of talent that hits fucking AEW and WWE just kind of stays kind of complacent as far as I can see from, from this angle. Um, yeah, so that's that's wild. I, you know, for the longest time, I've said that Ring of Honor is just it's weird because they're rolling on and they have their fan base. But like, I don't hear about them and I can't imagine that's a good thing. Like final battle comes and goes and I, I don't hear the same buzz as I used to even back like not that many years ago when it was like Steen Generico and final battle. I wasn't actively regularly watching but I would hear about like the wild match that Steen and Generico had or, or, you know, there, there was a couple of like feuds that would cap off and you would hear about them and, and how like final battle was fucking crazy. And like, you don't even hear like a simple sentence like that, that makes you go like, Oh, well ring of honor is still killing it. Talent wise. Like you could look and go like, well, clearly they're killing it. Cause they got the Briscoes over there. Jay lethal's doing his thing. Uh, Gresham's there, you know, and you would see these names popping up and even when they added these talents that I said with Bill Carr and Vincent nothing, or I think that's his name, right? Vincent Virgis Vincent. I don't fucking know, but he has like dreadlocks kind of looks like a shorter Damien Sandow in the face, but, uh, you know, he's got a great look him with Bill Carr and then the violence unlimited and the Briscoes. And I, and you look at it and you're like, man, that's fucking talent stacked over there. But I'm not really hearing about the fucking matches are off the chart. And they very well might be. But for some reason, it seemed like Ring of Honor suddenly became like a secret society where they just didn't talk about it anymore. Like at the first rule in Fight Club, don't talk to everybody about Fight Club or whatever fuck the thing is. Like, that's what I felt like it is. It just it turned into that weird shit where it was like this little niche audience where they just didn't fucking talk about it. They talk to each other about it and fucking, okay, don't go on the internet with this shit, you know, and I don't know what that is. I don't know why that is, but they definitely lost huge momentum and it was no longer the buzz of the Indies, despite them having tremendous talent there on a regular basis. So, yeah, I, I, I never really got that, but, you know, um, Fetty Wops uh, being charged with selling 100 kilos of heroin and coke and fentanyl and all sorts of shit. Uh, fucking insanity. You know, these cats like this that get into this shit where, like, they, they can't get off the streets or they're in between albums that, you know, this one flopped and this one didn't do so good. So then they're just pouring the money back into the streets and doing that dumb shit. Like, man, now, like, just like I said, with these people with their websites and their hats and shit, motherfuckers know you. You're not just like the drug dealer they got from. You bought that shit from Fetty Wap. Like, that shit gets around so fast. These motherfuckers, there's some addicts that ain't got shit in their life, but they could tell all their other fucking dopehead friends that they bought some shit off Fetty Wap. You know what I mean? Like... That shit just becomes the talk of the fucking area. And then before you know it, the cops are on to you. Like, it's, you gotta be as low-key as possible when you're doing shit out there. I mean, that, 
that's supposed to be one of one of the main rules is to keep that shit to yourself. Like, and now people are just like renting out billboards and shit. Yo, I sell more shit than anybody. Come see me. It's like well, somebody's gonna see you. It's not always gonna be the best person to come see you about that. Until so they're you know kicking on your motherfucking door. Jesus Christ, you know. Um, he never put out a single fucking song I gave a fuck about. So fuck him. I don't really care. Um, uh, crypto blows the fuck up. Yeah, man. I don't know that uh that Shiba Inu. That's that shit right there. Um, put a little bit on that, and I'm watching it, and uh, it's doing some jumping. And it's one of those things now that it's, it's well under a penny right now. So now if you put some money on that and it jumps up those decimals to reach a penny, you're double, triple, hundred, you know, you're, you're hundred times in your shit. If that shit moves decibels, I, decimals, I mean, on some shit, like if it hits that 20 something cents that doge is at 30 cents, I, that, that shit, like you're living an entirely different life than what you are right now. If you threw a hundred dollars on it, like your, your entire life changes with that shit. So I definitely, you know, put a little on that, that, that shit, you can get that shit on Coinbase and then even simple shit like that. Like this shit is catching up. The shit is really starting to catch fucking, uh, a lot of people's interest and, and companies and something as simple as like you go get that shit on Coinbase and then that shit winds up getting put on Robinhood. That opens a whole nother avenue of people that are getting on it. And now your stock is going up sitting there in Coinbase because another whole fucking that's like, you know, if you were saying like, all right, I got stock in Walmart and they just opened another fucking 300 Walmarts one day. Oh shit, clearly that company's doing better because all these fucking Walmarts opened up and they're they're packed and it's the holidays and they can't fucking keep shit on the shelves because this area never had a Walmart and this area never had a Walmart. I'm just using that example, but you see what I mean? If you had stock in that company, suddenly your shit would get way better. So it's like creating new avenues for that shit to be shared in. And, uh, that alone could jump decibel decimals. I keep saying decibels like it's sound, but it's clearly not, um, that, that could jump decimal points. And then you're talking again, your life fucking changes. So if you put a hundred or a couple hundred in there, you know, my boy's got like a couple grand in there and he watched his shit go like from fucking three to 10 with a move, not even a decimal. Not even a fucking decimal point did it move. And his shit jumped up thousands. This is, this is you know, the type of shit that I like to put on the back burner and see if, if that shit changes my fucking life. While I do my six-day-a-week grind, I will, uh, you know, continue to just have that shit over there and see what happens. So, yeah, man, that's that shit. Um... Uh, what else? Uh, Briscoe's win GCW titles. And then, yeah. And then, then from there, they catch the bash, backlash. And see, that's that's the thing, too, that, like, this is what I'll say uh, as attached to the Dave Chappelle thing. And we'll kind of round it out with this. To me, 
you're talking about, um, you know, just say someone says, hey, you know, I, I would rather that my child wasn't gay. And the reasoning for that is, well, a lot of people that, that are gay have a harder life. They have a harder way of explaining to the world who they are and what they feel and, and, and what they want. And, and it's wrong that they have that harder life. And it's wrong that the people that don't understand them and refuse to accept them exist. But the fact of the matter is that that does exist. Now, so now if this is your child, would you rather your child have that struggle as an existing factor in life? Or would you rather them have been born with the the other interest that causes them far less struggle and hardship in life. Me as a father, I want them to have the easiest path. I want them to work for what they get, but I don't want them to have struggles that could be present in their life if they were born a different way than they were born, you know? So that, that would just be my initial hopes for them. Not that there, there's not that there's anything wrong with that as they say in Seinfeld. Um, but that to me, I don't think is hateful and people will listen to that and hear and be like that fucking bigoted motherfucker. But I don't think that's hateful. I think what Jay Briscoe said was hateful because he said, I will shoot any motherfucker that tells my kids that gay marriage is okay. Anyone teaches my kids that gay marriage is okay. I'll shoot them. I'll fucking shoot them. That that's what Jay Briscoe said. So to me, that's hatred. That's anger. That's fucking people who that's a danger. That that's no good. You know? That's very different. You know? I raise my kids to believe that there's nothing wrong with that. And if you can't tell the difference between those two things, I think you're part of the problem because Making these mountains out of molehills just blurs the vision of the actual problem. Because now it seems like it's all the same. It all falls into the same category. And now we can't distinguish the actual problems that need to be weeded out. And a lot of those actual problems, they're not addressed. As you see, Briscoe signed multiple contracts and showed up in more places and held titles up and represented this while the same companies try to pander to these these same audiences epi's big gay bash and for the culture show or meanwhile like brett was known to have said some pretty fucked up shit to maven racially you know but this is this is like that shit that like it's not, you could tell it's not genuine from a mile away. And people get mad at me because I call people out on this shit. But again, I don't, I don't see that many people that are sticking up for the people who aren't legitimately hurting anybody. They're, they're speaking their mind, they're speaking their opinion, but they're not doing it in a hateful manner. They're not doing it in a manner that, that um, calls for anybody to be slighted or, or held back in this world. 
and somehow those people are ending up in the same category as the people who are really fucking putting a strain on on people's lives. They're they're legitimately hating people to that extent that if someone else would even tell their child that that person was okay, not even the person themselves, someone else says, hey, I don't see a problem with gay people getting married. This guy's willing to shoot you over that shit. If his kid comes home and says, my my teacher taught me today that gay marriage is perfectly okay. This, this guy, his instinct is wanting to go down to school and kill somebody. You know? And obviously, I, I would hope that his true feelings don't go quite to that extent. But that sure bears a bit of hatred, don't you think? As opposed to what Dave Chappelle said as a comedian. I know these guys are on two levels of fame, and, and I'm sure if uh, Jay Briscoe was on that level of fame when he said what he said, you know, he would no longer work. But these are the things that I, I, I just mean when, when you compare and contrast this to that, and you wind up with this, this silly ass conclusion where this is okay and that's not okay. And it's like, wait a minute. Like, I think you're picking the thing that's not as bad to be worse. So, um, that's just how I feel about that whole thing. Check out my man Shaheen, everything he's doing, my man, Jeremy, Professor J, Eric, yeah, I mean, the whole shit. And, um, I'm going to close this show with, uh, Ferris Blusa. I'm, I'm going to take a little hiatus on playing Sean P tracks because this shit is forever. And I'm going to, um, you know, play a good fucking chunk of Ferris Blusa tracks, because this is a guy who's alive right now today who's being very underrated, overlooked, and I want to see this dude blow up. This dude's a humble, genuine motherfucker. You hit him up on Instagram, on, on the DM, like comment on one of his shits or something, he'll fucking, he'll mention you, he'll hit you back. This dude is is a bad motherfucker in this rap game. Did I, like, with, with no fucking hyperbole, man, like, it's... It's Conway, it's Papoose, it's fucking Ferris Blusa for me. And a lot of days, it's, it's just, it's Ferris Blusa, man. Like, his fucking tracks are, are legitimately just, just some real deal shit. And uh, so I'm going to start off with an early one of his. And we'll go from there. And, uh... I hope you enjoy this shit. I hope this turns you on to his fucking music. And, you know, hit him up. Tell him I fucking sent you. You know, I'm trying to get him on his podcast. We we went back and forth a little, about it a little bit. He was saying he's willing to do it. And I'm just trying to push the envelope on that a little bit. So, you know, hopefully you dig what the fuck he's doing. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. So I'll talk to y'all motherfuckers later. Peace. Dro, you shouldn't have, nigga. I know I'm the best in my city. <laughs> Yo, they say timing is everything. I go by Ferris Blueser, but your bitch call me by the bank. LeBron know the vibes, they cannot be a better king. Got stones like Rosetta in my bezel on everything. Yeah. 
Damn right these niggas fabricated I'm elevated, bitch niggas probably mad I made it They devastated, but that 40 coming nickel plated I do it major and I never got a single favor I'm Cain and Abel, my brother's keeper You niggas sleeping, I'm like a vegan Till the naysayers cause we never beefing I know the reason the game decaying and weakened They told me you play in the deep end I survived it by the season, nigga I tried to tell them, but they didn't see it I tried to show them, but they didn't need it I'm the man, so they couldn't be it Wake them up, I know them niggas sleep I've been the man from the fucking start A couple grand, get them torn apart Ready, set, on your mark I've been the best in my city, that was the easy part That was the easy part I've been the best in my city, that was the easy part Nigga, that was the easy part I've been the best where I'm from I know they probably couldn't fathom this I've been the main protagonist to handle all the challenges See after this they probably gon' find someone else to battle with That's adequate my nigga savages So bring the bandages I'm Kaepernick I stand for something you'll be quitting right after this They battleships be sinking They probably think I'm the catalyst I had to get rid of so many rappers so talentless They always tryna battle this But still I go and shackle shit I tamper with money Niggas could never really handle it Gambling with their life Every time they try to come stand with them Amateurs be the problem They cuffing Erica Stroud they bluffing, bless on my father For they know not I'm a problem, amen I tried to tell them but they didn't see it I tried to show them but they didn't need it I'm the man so they couldn't be it Wake them up, I know them niggas sleep I've been the man from the fucking start A couple grand, get them torn apart Ready, set, on your mark I've been the best in my city, that was the easy part that was the easy part. I've been the best in my city. That was the easy part. Nigga, that was the easy part. I've been the best where I'm from. Hey. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.